Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. to you. It is 9.04 on the first day of November and guess what? It's the first Tuesday in November. You know what that means. You've heard it all day. It is Melbourne Cup Day. Stephen McIver in for Smithy this morning here till midday and we will be talking uh, the Melbourne Cup at 10 o'clock this morning with Miles Fitzner who's uh, the SENZ track commentator as you would have heard. I've done my homework. Like anyone that really doesn't follow racing, you look at a form guide and you, you have a look at things. And I looked at Emissary this morning. When, so I know Michael Moroni's a good trainer, right? And the horse was a last start winner at the Geelong Cup, and and Steph, you know, I've been talking about it. He goes, I always take the I always take the horse that wins the Geelong Cup. Well, MSR is paying thirty ones today, so I'm going to have my first and only dabble on the nags today. I might throw oh a tenner. I think a tenner. I'm not so I'm not a big better. I wouldn't, I, you know. So emissary it could be for me today, and it could come nowhere. Who knows? Um, as as the lads from Brecky said this morning, oh, it's anybody's race. It's going to be a wet track too, so that there is a lot to well dig deep on. And uh, Miles Fitzner at 10 o'clock this morning will help us out with that one. Also, we've got the panel after 10 with Guy Havelt and Sam Ackerman. One of the talking points, too, will be is RTS done with, right? Is he a second five? Is he a first class second five? Well, he's been, let's be blunt, dropped to the All Blacks 15, Leon McDonald's team. They've got a couple of games against an Ireland A and the Barbars. Mark Hinton uh, wrote a story today. What's Mark in the stuff, isn't he? He's Mark in the stuff, uh, defending the move, suggesting that he's still learning. Well, okay, he's still learning, but I'm not so sure. I'm just not so sure. How long do you take? And, And let's be blunt. This is his first full year, you might say, as a representative rugby player. And there are so many quality second fives out. Uh, have they got it wrong where they're playing him? That's That could be a part of the discussion you'd like to call on 0800 150811 at any time. 0800 150811 or the Timber Bedpost text line at 8833. So there, there is a, there's, a lots, there's lots of 
things to talk about. Coming in just a moment, we're going to talk to Steve Mintz, the Auckland Tuatara manager. They've got their roster set. I was looking through some of the people they've dragged in. It's really, it's quite an eclectic mix, and I'm going to talk to him about that. And Speedway season is not too far away. That's right. Speedway is one of the most popular summer sports going around. People love their Speedway. My goddaughter loves Speedway. Oh, my gosh, she's into it like the super saloons, the whole nine yards. So we're going to talk to David Turner, who probably knows everything about motorsport. And DT is also involved in covering the Speedway at Western Spring. So we're going to talk to David at around 9.30 this morning. Don't forget as well, we will, of course, be playing, you know, trying to stump me. That's a little bit later on. Also, uh, just had a chat with Aaron Gate because he has to go to bed. He's in Spain because he's losing the mullets. Le Grand Moulet is coming off. And that is happening because of Movember. He can't actually grow a mo. So he's decided to do something special. You can hear all about it after 11 o'clock this morning here on SENZ with Stephen McIver. So there is plenty to talk about. Let's think about this. Jared White Hargraves gets one week for the high shot. Will miss the quarterfinal against Fiji. Is that some sort of loss for that quarterfinal in the Rugby League World Cup? And our Kiwi Ferns get underway. Our Kiwi Ferns get underway. Um... Two, they start, they've played tomorrow in York. Anywho, let us get busy because it is not too far away from the start of the Australian national baseball season. The season starts November 10. Do you realise for the Tuatara, it's 1,013 days since they turned up to the ballpark. Their first game, November 10, it's a four-game series against the Brisbane Bandits. Their manager is Steve Mincy, joins us now. Hey, Steve, how are you, buddy? How you going, mate? Hey, you made it sound like a long time without over a thousand days. That sounds like a long, long time ago. Okay, shall I just shall I <laughs> shall I shall I just say two years? <laughs> it's been a long it's been a long wait for New Zealand man to get baseball back. It has been that. a long time. Okay, look, I've just been looking at I've been just seeing a little homework on this team of yours. It, it's quite an eclectic mix, and I'd like you to now. So you've just uh, completed your roster. Tell me about these uh, Oscar Nakaoshi and Kumatsushida. Uh, what are they going to bring to the plate? Because there's a lot of other players I want to talk about. Yeah, there's a we when we went to the trial over in Japan, uh, it was very very productive. Um, we got they had they had just had the uh, the Japanese draft like the Thursday before, and so we had some guys came out that were uh, maybe aged out kind of of the draft or whatever, and then some young kids, and uh, they were just you know a couple of that center fielder. Um, he led the league in home runs and RBIs uh, the year before, but. His age, uh, you know, they kind of passed on him because of his age. So uh, we're, we're hoping he's going to come here and hit us some home runs and drive in some runs. And then uh, uh, Toshio, he's, um, uh, we're hoping, you know, he's going to be able to lock some innings for us. And um, it's uh, it's very exciting. Uh, myself and Regan Wood, we, we have made hundreds and hundreds of phone calls and texts and emails uh, to comprise this. But we wanted to make sure that we put the best product on the field uh, for the fans here in New Zealand uh, so that we can make them proud. Steve, I was, I was looking through the roster and obviously things stand out and, and, and the stories are written about them. A lot of Asian players, because we know in Asia, baseball is very strong. So talk to me about these two from Chinese Taipei. Chen Hu, the 21-year-old right-hand pitcher, and Hung Hyo Huang, the six-foot right-hand pitcher. 
uh, part of the roster or bombs to be thrown? No, no. Uh, as of right now, uh, they're they're a part of our pitching staff, and um, uh, as you know, you know we'll go we'll go to Oz, and we've got those two series over there, and you know we're gonna we're gonna throw everything we have, um, and then you know we may have to make adjustments, but where we sit right now, um, we are uh, fully intending those guys to be uh, huge parts of our uh, pitching staff um, going forward. So. Um, obviously things can change. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, all the reports we have, um, Cole Yang, the guy that we have that basically lives over in Taiwan, searching out these players for us. Um, we trust him completely and, uh, we're, we're hoping that, uh, everything comes together and we can get these boys, uh, pulling, pulling, pulling together quick. How much do you have to rely on your scouts and and have faith in your scouts to deliver you players that are going to produce? Oh, well, I mean it's tremendous. Uh, you know, I can't I, I can't go to Taiwan, I can't go to Japan and watch these guys perform on a daily basis. You know, I get I get some snapshots and I get videos and um, and then we make phone calls or uh, around the scout. You know, we trust the scout, but then we'll call somebody else we know. Hey, what do you have on this guy? You know, can he do what we need him to do? You know, so we, we have to rely on the scouts heavily. And Cola um, does an outstanding job for us. He has those relationships over there with the brothers and some other teams in Taiwan. And then with Dice K, um, with his Japanese connection and knowing everybody in Japan, um, then we're able to, to search it out. Uh, speak to more than one person um, and then be able to uh, make an informed decision about these guys before we bring them across. It, because it's it's such a, a moving feast base where we can be traded left, right and centre. So the other part of the equation for me is integrating players into society here. How Who do you have to handle that? Um, well, uh, we've got a couple. Lynn uh, speaks uh, uh, English. Uh, better than most, we'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, so we'll use him quite a bit. And then Cola, um, like he'll fly across to Brisbane um, with the players and just make sure that everything's acclimating well, um, that uh, myself, uh, Robbie Price, my pitching coach, you know, that they're, the communication, that we're able to communicate in, in some fashion. Um, and then I guess it all falls on top of me, making sure that we're able to, you know, Make sure all that gels. Um, you know as well as I do, if you don't have a team that's all together gelling and uh, the chemistry going well, um, it makes for a tough season. So we're hoping – that's why we're trying to get people into, into New Zealand as early as we can um, so that we can get these guys together, you know, do some team functions so everybody gets to know each other um, so that when we hit the ground in Brisbane, um, we're sitting on go, ready to ready to throw the first punch. Okay, so we've talked about well, actually, we haven't talked about this Taiwanese uh, cat that played for the Red Sox, Su Wei. What are you expecting from him? Um, uh, a lot. I mean, he's going to play uh, between him and Jason Matthews, um, our our Kiwi kid that's with the White Sox. Um, we're gonna we're gonna alternate them uh, at shortstop and uh, uh, second. I mean, shortstop and third base. Um, we figure that they can hold down the left side of the infield pretty well. So, um, and just, uh, you know, his leadership, um, you know, his, his knowledge of the game to be able to share it, you know, with some of our younger Kiwi players um, and then with some of the uh, affiliated players that'll be here also. We, you know, so we're, we're, we're expecting some, some big things out of him. Can you explain to me the process? You, you've got players sent from the San Diego Padres and the Texas Rangers. Now, 
Are they being paid by those organisations to come and play for you to become better players, or do you guys have to to front up with their salaries? Um, the the way the league set up the the organisations over in the states, uh, they they do uh, pay um, the majority of yeah. the the stuff. Uh, you know, salaries, tickets, you know, different things like that, and it it kind of helps out with the bottom line. Yeah, um, and so it's. Uh, with what we're working with, you know, as far as a uh, budget and uh, what we what we need to spend, um, it, it helps out tremendously. Um, and so uh, we're able to, you know, cross off, you know, that money that we don't have to spend. And then we can look to spend, you know, some of our resources in other areas. So um, very, very helpful. Uh, the, the organizations over there that, you know, that uh, buy into the ABL, they see some value in it. Um, they're happy. You know, they're happy to to send their guys over because they know that, you know, they're going to get a good go and uh, not to pat myself on the back, but, you know, I've built relationships with these organizations and, you know, they understand that their kids are going to be safe. If anything happens, they know that, uh, you know, I'm going to correspond that to them immediately. And uh, so they're, they're very, very comfortable with sending their players over here. Um, uh, and then also, you know, Darren Bragg, you know, they know they've got a, a unbelievable hitting coach that's going to be here with them. And stuff, so it's a it's a win win for everybody for sure. As far as quality goes, I mean, a lot of these kids might play AAA, they might play Double A, but where do they stand quality wise? Say against your your Asian players and the Kiwi players and the Aussie players. Um, well, we're gonna find out, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but we we feel we feel very confident. Like I said, once again, you know, we've we've done our vetting. Um, you know, some of the organizations they start trying to identify players. You know, early in the season. And then that could switch. Um, say somebody got injured and they didn't get to pitch a couple months and they need, you know, 20 or 30 innings. So they're a candidate or, you know, somebody that didn't get as many at bats as the organization thought, you know, so they can send them over. Um, but we're very, very confident with the guys that we've brought over, whether it's from Asia our Kiwi players, uh, the affiliated players. Um, we, we feel confident that, you know, we're going to be able to go out and compete. And uh, like I said, our Kiwi players, I mean, uh, once again, you know, this year it'll how our Kiwi players do, you know, because we're putting a, a, a lot more emphasis on them with some of our affiliated Kiwis and then some of the local talent. Um, you know, we do. We, we, we base a lot of uh, our success on what it is that the Kiwis can give us, you know, so um, that's what it's all about, you know, trying to, you know, have a have a good side on the field. Um, but also we want to we, we want to promote and showcase our Kiwi players as much as we can. Mm. How did that trial work out, by the way, the Kiwi trial? It was actually it was it was it was successful. Um, we had some guys come out because um, uh, another aspect of our roster is we can we can add five development players. Um, they have to meet a, a, a age standard, um, and then we can add five Kiwi players to our roster um, that are development. And then we can have two with us, whether it's uh, across the ditch or here um, each weekend. And so what it does is it's it gives those younger Kiwi guys an opportunity to be around, um, watch some of these older guys do their jobs and then um, and then uh, find a way to get into the games, you know, uh, whether it's on the road or here. You know, so um, we that was another reason why we did the trial to make sure that because once we pick our five, Unless somebody gets injured, um, we can't, you know, we can't change it. So there's, uh, you know, the ones that we pick, we have to make sure that it's the ones that we want for the season. 
How many players are you traveling across the ditch for every series? Um, the roster's at 22, but like I said, we can take uh, – we, we can if, if we'd like, we could take if we feel like there's a development player or something that might add value um, in the four games that were there, then we can take them over. So I guess with the addition of two – uh, development players we could uh, uh obviously take 24 if that was what we wanted to do but um you know with accommodations flights and all that stuff yeah. we have to make sure that that money that we're spending you know is going to be worthwhile um with whoever we're bringing brisbane bandits first up four game series in brisbane november 10 what are your realistic expectations of the season opener um we're uh Realistically, I mean, we're hoping to go in there. Uh, I actually, I just was on the phone last night with Dave Nielsen, uh, the manager. Um, we were discussing a couple of things and their trip to Japan that they've got to take with the Aussie uh, national team. Um, but we're uh, we're looking for a great series. Uh, he he's expecting us to come in there, you know, guns blazing. And so um, I think it's going to be a great start to uh, the ABL season, and it'll be. It'll be a great indicator, you know, to where we're at, the work that we've done. Um, and anytime you can go to, into a place like Brisbane and you can find a way to win two games, uh, that's that's a victory. So um, we'll we'll go in there uh, with high expectations uh, once we get everybody here into New Zealand. Um, that's going to be the message. Um, we we had that home the last season that we played our goal was to have a home playoff game and we accomplished that um but this year we're gonna we're, we're gonna up to annie just a little bit uh just a little bit and um, make sure that these guys all understand that you know this this, this is our goals and we all have to get together and uh and, and try to achieve this all together well, so, you've got you've got a team. You've um, very got a te- very high expectations. You've got a team on your side of the bridge, as it were, with their breakers doing a pretty good job as well. They're six and two at the moment, and after a pretty horrible three years, they're they're a good example to set about uh, team unity. Who wins Game Three of the World Series today? Dusty, Dusty Baker. That's my boy. That's my buddy. He uh, was my manager when I was with the Giants in 1995, and so I am I am pulling as hard as I can for Dusty to get his World Series as a manager. Uh, so I'm I'm really hoping that he's going to get it and take the whole thing. All right, man. Appreciate the time and the best of luck for the start of the season, buddy. Cheers, mate. I appreciate it. There you go, Steve Mintz. Oh, hey, Steve, you still there? Yes, sir. Um, have you been referred to as sounding like Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I'll take it. Because, man, I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got that twang. I got that twang for you, sure. You got that for sure. Thanks very much, mate. <laughs> All right. Cheers, mate. See you. Bye. 9.21 with Stephen McIver and the Smithy. That was Steve. He does sound like Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Now give me some hard liquor. Oh, 9.21. <laughs> this is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.26 with Stephen McCarver filling in for Smithy today, or Ricardo, because Smithy's on T20 World Cup duty. We'll uh, talk about that in the, with the panel, Guy Havelt and Sam Ackerman, after 10 o'clock this morning. That's something to look forward to. Uh, disappointing news, or more more likely upsetting news for our Kiwi Ferns, who are about to start their Women's Rugby League World Cup campaign on Thursday morning at 6am against France, uh, because under half of them have lost their training kit and personal belongings because of smoke damage.
smoke damage in their training facility. No one was in the area affected at the time. Uh, NZRC Greg Peters has said, quote, this was an unfortunate incident, but the problem was quickly dealt with and the training ground are in the process of bringing facilities back online. No outdoor facilities have been affected and the staff at the training ground have been exceptional in supporting us. In the meantime, our main priority is the Ferns well-being, ensuring the team is supported on this. So, yeah, that's just, it is a freak accident. Uh, smoke damage to half the team's kit, which is not cool, but they will be, I would like to think, one of the favourites going to. It's only eight, eight teams in the Women's Rugby League World Cup. So I'm assuming the Kiwi, I'm a sick, hang on, I'm not assuming, I'm telling you, the Kiwi Ferns will be one of the hot favourites going into that. Now, you would have heard on breakfast beforehand uh, this new, new changes to community rugby rules as well. Uh, three innovations for the community rugby season coming from New Zealand rugby and actually you know what I, I like them too so uh, Steve Lancaster who looks after these things has said the new initiatives were trialled and selected grades last year and feedback from players coaches and refs confirmed the focus on reducing tackle height was the right approach to the community game Feedback from Community Graham's trialling the reduced tackle height this year found 78% of those playing believed it improved the tackler's safety, 73% felt it made the game faster, and 72% there were more opportunities for offloads. Well, when you think what they're doing, it sort of makes complete sense, don't you? So the trial will see the first tackler required to target the belly area below the sternum with the second tackle still able to legally tackle below the shoulders in accordance with the current rugby rule. Isn't that, isn't that what you're always taught when you do to, to tackle? Basically tackle around the waist, pal. Chop them down. Uh, after a successful trial across non-premier senior and teenage rugby this year, restrictions around the defending halfback at, at scrums will now be extended to include all grades of community rugby, including senior prems and first 15 school rugby. So... Halfbacks of the team not in possession will be required to remain one metre from the scrum, may not advance past the tunnel until the scrum has ended. So that's going to open up huge attacking opportunities for the team with the ball. And the senior club rugby grades, except for premier grades, are also able to set to continue trialling a maximum scrum push of 1.5 metres next season adding the innovations required more time to establish if the change had improved player safety outcomes. So if you've got some thoughts on that, uh, feel free to call me. Don't get too in-depth with me. You know how good I am with rugby. Now, <laughs> 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Or you could uh, get on the Temper Bedpost text line on double eight double three. Coming your way shortly, we're going to talk all things Speedway because the Western Springs Speedway, Lucas Oil Western Springs Speedway, season is not too far away. David Turner, who is part of the broadcast team, that we're bringing some of that in highlight form and live on Sky Sport 5, the home of motorsport in this country on Sky Television, over the summer will be joining us after the news, uh, which is now at 9.30.
9.32 this morning with Stephen McIver and for Smithy, 0800 That's 0800 If you want to chat about anything that we have been uh, going on about already in this first uh, 32 minutes of the day uh, between 9 and midday, or the Timber Bed Post text line is 8833. Speedway, Lucas Oil Speedway, Western Springs. The season gets underway, actually, believe it or not, at uh, Waikaraka Park. One man that is uh, doing all the, the broadcasting of this is a good friend of mine, good and one of arguably the best of my sport producer running around. David Turner joins us. Morning, DT. Good morning, Stephen. How are we today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How's life in the Matakana? <laughs> well, it's fine, but you know, Speedway's in the air and that's the thing that's counting right now, isn't it? Uh, season starts Waikaraka Park, November 12. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Now, the season was originally supposed to actually kick off this weekend at Western Springs, but um, in fairness from the promoter, he released uh, the drivers so that they could compete at other venues like Bay Park and Kiki this weekend um, because there's some concert events coming up at, at Western Springs and it kind of clouded the issue and under the council environment, um, you know, it all gets a bit complicated. So what they did is they deferred the first meeting another week, which will happen at Waikaraka Park next week, uh, which... It's sort of the quasi-opening of Western Springs, if you like. Hmm. Um, we'll call it opening under Western Springs management. And then a couple of weeks later, we're at the Springs for the very first meeting of the season. And boy, oh boy, is there some great meetings ahead this year. Yeah, let's talk about those in just a moment. But what do you think it is about Speedway that brings the fans out in summer? Is is it tradition? Um, I think particularly, we'll just use you know Western Springs Stadium um, and not being biased to anyone else around the country or anything like that. But if we use that as the catalyst here, I think Boxing Day has become this day where you go to Western Springs and you take your blanket and everything else and you park up on the terrace and you enjoy the sun because we'll have some by then and um, and just relax and watch some good hard racing. And it's it's rapid fire entertainment in your face. Um, and, and, and it's just the thing that you do on Boxing Day. We noticed that last year with COVID, and we ran the meeting there with no crowd, and boy, oh boy, did it feel flat. You know, it just felt so empty. Um, and, and it's kind of, Boxing Day's become bigger than the 50 lap a night in some ways because it's just, yeah, it's a chill-out day after, you know, feeding your face the day before or getting all your Christmas presents or whatever. It's a It's a nice family thing to do. It's a very family environment, so... Yeah, there's there's a lot of traditions that are around that and around many speedways and, and motorsport you know facilities in the country. It must have been a real challenge for the promoters to even continue going after this last two years. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was involved with the television production last year, and and certainly it, it tested us all in terms of the COVID things. You know, sometimes meetings were on, then they were off, and then they were without crowd, and then we tried with a limited crowd, and you know, the the red light and the orange light and all sorts of other coloured lights that we had. But you know, they did a fabulous job. Um, you know, John McCullum pushed very hard to um, enable things to happen. There were some great supporters in terms of you know sponsors that that helped the event go through to underwrite the cost um you know not gloating myself but at television we did it at a cost um for labor only and no equipment to try and just help the whole thing out um you know and it enabled us to still make the shows that were seen you know on on sky sport five as well so i think everyone got together in a common cause because otherwise there would have been no speedway season and we all knew that and it was a case of trying to make that happen for the benefit of the sport and for the benefit of what is you know, a, a very iconic speedway, that's for sure. So what's the feedback like now that we are going to have crowds and we're going to have a full season? Are you getting a sense that there is general excitement about this new season? 
Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it, and I think everyone around the series is. I spent some time with Brad Mosen a couple of weeks ago out at the Greenway Workshop in Henderson in Auckland, and um, just phenomenal to see what they were doing out there and the number of cars that they were building. They're building the car for an American driver that's coming down. Um, and you realise the sense of passion and effort that goes into it. And, you know, as you well know from the motorsport that you've covered, the money that goes into it as well. It's, you know... the the open wheel racing that you're seeing at, at particularly at Western Springs uh, and other midget and sprint car facilities around the country, there's some big dollars being spent, but it's classy and it, it's it's full on. So, yeah, there's a sense of excitement from the drivers. Definitely when you talk to them about being in front of a crowd again, they love it. Uh, from the fan base, I think probably once we get the first meeting under our belts, um, the atmosphere will be back there as well and it'll build up to the, the two big Sprint Car International meetings and then the, the four very big uh, midget international meetings and then you know, as the season goes on there's some, some exciting ones towards February, March as well. I was staggered to understand uh, when I interviewed Michael Pickens uh, I think it was earlier this year or last year that it's more expensive to build a midget than it is a Sprint Car. Yep, and I and I just <laughs> crazy, that, that, yeah. that's crazy because the, the smaller car is more expensive, and the bigger car, which is pumping eight hundred horses, is a cheaper build. Well, uh, I just recently shot a feature which will will be in the in the Sky Sport Five shows when they air on Sky uh, with Graham Standring about um, weight of all things uh, in a feature section that he's doing called Know Your Speedway, and now there is a, a minimum car weight but there's a minimum all-up weight as well. So gone, in some ways, are the days of trying to have all these trick parts and titanium this and that and carbon fibre this and that because you still have to meet a now driver-inclusive weight. And it's changed the ballgame a little bit, but in saying that, if you're a heavier driver, you've still got to shed some weight somewhere. So it's um, in some ways, it's it's added to the cost aspect a little bit. But, um, you know, the, the stuff we're seeing down here particularly, again, at the Springs, it's capable. Any one of the drivers that race at Western Springs would be capable of running very strongly in the U.S. There's absolutely no doubt about it. This is, you know, it's it's not a backyard deal. It's the real deal. So let's talk about personalities because you've got the your uh, Boxing Day, you've got International Midgets and Sprint Cars Masters, but I also note on November the 26th, you've got International Sprint Cars and Super Saloon. So who can fans look forward to this summer? Oh, I think there's always the hometown support. You know, for, if we look at the Sprint Car Internationals to start with, then obviously Pickens becomes a very strong favourite for the hometown support. Um, but, you know, Jonathan Allard's back. He's a very likeable American. I've got a lot of time for the guy. I think he's he's done wonders for the sport down here. Um, and he's a, he's a great one to watch. But there's a lot in the Sprint Car category. And then there's a couple of Australian drivers coming over as well with pretty strong reputations. So it'll be very interesting to see how they master... What is actually quite a technical little track, Western Springs, a lot different to say going down to Bay Park. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, you're going to get a bit of Aussie New Zealand rivalry, which is always good good value. And then you know the fans fans are very loyal to drivers as well. That's one thing you see. So if they like a Jonathan Allard or they like a Michael Pickens or they you know they like whoever, they they'll follow those. And then when we get to the midget internationals. Um, there's a, a host of Americans coming down and, and maybe some more yet. Um, but the one that I'm really excited about coming down is a, a young female driver, Taylor Reimer. Um, she's been racing for Keith Coons in the, in the US and I spent a bit of time with Keith Coons a few years ago. He's um, about an hour out of Indianapolis and he runs a eight-car midget team 
Um, but notable drivers that have gone through his camp uh, include Christopher Bell, who won the NASCAR race on Monday, mm. uh, and Christopher's run down here, and Kyle Larson, who obviously ran down here and you know, has gone on to be a NASCAR champion. And uh, we did a, a podcast show with Taylor a few weeks ago, and um, I spoke to Michael Pickens about her, and Pickens said, oh, no, she's she's quick. you know." And you could tell when Michael said that to us that he's expecting that <laughs> she's going to probably give him a bit of a hard time on his home turf. Put things in con- put things in context. I mean, a lot of NASCAR drivers go go and run midgets and sprint cars. How big is that circuit in America? Um, massive. Again, talking with Taylor, she's running at least two or three times a, a week, um, and from a season that starts uh, Aprilish and finishes about now. You know, so they're doing a lot of racing miles when you compare it with what a driver does here. And I think that's the thing is, you know, particularly around that, again, the Indiana and the Midwest part of the U.S. where speedway racing is, is very strong. Um, not that it isn't on the West Coast, but it is very strong in the Midwest. You, you can race certainly during the, the May, June, July period. Uh, Jerry Coons Jr., who's a good friend of mine, he was racing nearly every night of the week for over a month. So... You know, yeah, that's they, busy. They race sharp, those guys. Let's talk about something that you do love. That's IndyCar. You know, it's an off season. I see. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. Colton Herter has now signed a very lengthy contract with Andretti Racing, which suggests to me that they still want to get into F1, and he's going to be their boy, and he won't be um, going off to McLaren. Yeah, you're pretty onto it. I've done some sniffing around that as well, and that's probably exactly what I say. I've never seen a driver contract that long. Well, seven uh, years, it wasn't it? it sh- yes, and it it um, it said that it it didn't allow a Formula One option in there. Whereas in his current contract, he had an option that if a Formula One drive came along, he could be released to go and do it. However, Michael. Andretti still has uh, strong aspirations to be in Formula One by 2024, and I believe that the infrastructure behind the scenes is still in place. And I would think that Herter is probably, yeah. you know, if it was to all happen, that's where that all unfolds. They, they, they won't but be. They won't be of, but Dave, they won't be buying Alfa Romeo because Audi have just picked them up. They're going to become the engine yeah. supplier and, and buy them. So it looks like they're going to have to set their own team and and, and dump down two hundred million. Uh, to be part of the team, because that's your entry fee into F1. Well, yeah, and and the stumbling block, really, Stephen, is the fact that the teams have to agree on allowing another team in. And at the moment, both Red Red Bull and Mercedes have said no, Ferrari have said no. So unless there's a majority that say yes, no matter how much money Michael puts down on the table, it ain't going to happen, which is a bit of a shame. And then again, in Herta's case, you'd still have to have enough super license points to be able to drive in it. And of that current crop of IndyCar drivers that McLaren have been touting around for about the last six months, which was Pato Award, um, Colton Herta and Alex Palau, Palau is actually the only one with enough super license points to drive in Formula One, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I just find it bonkers. And, and just finally, young Marcus Armstrong looks like he's going to be heading towards IndyCar after the current F2 season. And, and we've we've spoken to him, him plenty of times here on the radio on SCNZ. And it seems to me the right move because, as you and I both know, IndyCar is the most competitive open-wheel f- formula, barring maybe super formula in, the, in Japan, uh, and, worth, and worth going into. 
Well, just touching on the Super Formula thing, that's obviously where Palau went when Europe didn't work for him and then went to IndyCar, and a year later he was the IndyCar champion. So it shows you how hard that racing is. And I think with IndyCar, you know, talking with Grosjean again when I was up there in May, he uh, he rates it. He rates it for multiple reasons. You talk to Will Power, the current, you know, new champion, and he said it's the toughest racing series in the world. And I think the reason behind that is the fact that you have all of these different disciplines of circuits. You have a permanent road course of various lengths. You have the street courses, a course like Nashville that's incredibly bumpy, um, the new circuit in Detroit this year. Then you've got the small ovals, and then, of course, you've got the, the gem and the whole deal, and that's the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So you have there's no longer, even from when Dixon started in the series, no longer can you just drop around going, I'll pick it up on a road course because I'm stronger. Because if you do that, you're out of the championship game. You have to sell at all of them now. Oh, there's a lot to look forward to, man. All right, uh, DT, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck for the opening night at Waikaraka Park on the 12th of November, <laughs> mate. Yeah, no, looking forward to that, but really looking forward to seeing these American drivers down there. And then just one for people to circle later in the season. The first time ever a 50-lap sprint car race at Western Springs with a refuelling stop in the middle. A refuelling stop one. in the middle. Well, everybody, better, everybody have their race suits on. I hope there are good, strong rules around that. You can have your race suits on around the refuelling. Help. Health and safety, health yeah. and safety. No, no, no two-second stops like an F1, though, right? <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it's a very exciting plan, and uh, the crowd will love it. And, wow. Uh, that's just a little bit to tease you with for now. Oh, you, you, uh, are, you, are, a yeah. big, you are a big tease. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it, as always. <laughs> Thanks, David. No, you're welcome. Yeah, David Turner, all things uh, speed, all things motorsport, too. He's a good man, too. 9.46 here on SCNZ, 0800 150811. If you're a, a Speedway fan, tell us why you enjoy Speedway. What what get, Have you been to the Speedway? Do you love going to Speedway on Boxing Day at Western Springs or anywhere else around the country? Because I know there are tracks all over the place. 0800 150811. Or you can text on the Temper Bedpost text line on 8833. This is Mornings with Smithy McIver in the seat till midday. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.51 with Stephen McIver into midday for Smithy and old, uh, oh, the Rick Dog is not well as well. That's why I'm in here. So I'm like, I'm third. What am I, second drop in a cricket? Is that second drop? Well, yesterday we had Sam Hewitt on and he called himself the third string quarterback. <laughs> or backup. Well, let's leave it at that. Hey, I... Random, random discussion quickly because there is so much drama about this every year. The bird of the year, you know, voting for the bird of the year. I know this is weird, but I was thinking about it going. So this year's bird of the year is a little bird called the rock wren or piwowo. A little, little, little wee bird. He's so cute. He's just so cute. It's really recognisable. They've got long legs. So apparently that makes them the mountaineers of the world, the bird world. They've got natural crampons. I'm looking at the, the I can see their birds' feet are really wide for the size of a little birdie. Uh, snowshoes for navigating high altitudes. Also, they are designated as in serious trouble ecologically. Uh, and there are plenty of opportunities to spot the wren in the wild above the scrub line. So they're a South Island bird. So would you have even had a clue about the rock word? Oh, the runner-up, by the way, the Kia. Yes. The Kia was the runner-up. It's like second, lo- first loser. Like <laughs> I mean, do you think the birds actually care? Oh, hang on. Th- no, hang on. It said, that, you know, this is wrong. The third place was the Kia. It said in third place was the Kia. Well, what was runner-up? Which was just behind the, ah, uh, the Korora, little penguin. 
little penguin. Actually, I saw a dear little penguin on the beach the other day, of all places. Poor little thing. And you know, actually, actually speaking of crazy things I saw, a dolphin chomped up on the beach. At, on oh. the, I tried to ring the council to say, hey, this shouldn't be on the beach. Out of all places, it was Koyamarama Beach, so, you know, quite a oh. suburban beach. Mm. And there was poor old dolphin. It looked like it had a few chunks taken out of it. Okay, so that sort of really sort of has put a taint on the bird of the year chat, hasn't it? Yeah, that, that's a little distressing, especially <laughs> if you have uh, kids walking along that beach. But, I mean, the care in third... Yeah, I, I don't buy that, and I also don't <laughs> buy that you that they excluded the kakapo because they've won twice already, and they were worried they'd oh, win again. Well, you can't always be a champion man in the bird world. I mean, you know, you got to go cute, rock wren. I'm all for that. Without, no. without the kakapo, it's a, just a participation award. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just a little update there: the rock wren, uh, the piwowo, is the bird of the year. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.59, almost time to head to News at 10 with Aroha. After 10 o'clock, we're going to talk to Miles Fitz of the SEN track commentator live from Flemington because today, of course, is Melbourne Cup 2022, the first day in November where the race that traditionally stops a nation bar, maybe two nations, if you throw New Zealand into that. So I'm, I'm like any sort of passing person. I take a look at things and go, yeah, OK, I'll give it a nudge. And you may have heard this morning, but I said to Campy uh, this morning, so like emissary all the way. And he goes, well, the interesting thing about this, Stephen, is that m- maybe my phone's going off. I apologise for that. Um, <laughs> uh, is that if it's a wet track, uh, all your picks go out the door, depending on how the horses handle it. So we shall talk to Miles Fitzner after 10 o'clock today and see how that one rolls down. Also after 10 o'clock, the panel with Guy Havelt and Sam Ackerman. All right, just to see what's going on. The T20 World Cup, big game tonight. Uh, of course, England must beat the Black Caps tonight to keep their semi-final hopes alive. That one at the Gabba from 9 o'clock this evening. So there is a boatload to look forward to after 10, including uh, the Love Racing update with Louis and my good mate Pops from the Tabby. So keep it right here on SENZ in the morning. Going Coming next, we go live to Flemington on Melbourne Cup Day 2022. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Why not? Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. But by all accounts, those red shoes today at Melbourne at Flemington are going to be dirty, 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 muddy, 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 because the forecast is for a wet Flemington. Why don't we go live there right now and get the good oil on all of this with Miles Fitzner from SEN Track, calls for part of the uh, the group that we are as SENZ. Hey, Miles, how are you, bud? Hello, Stephen. Good morning to you. And would you believe it or not, the sun is out here at Flemington <laughs> and, and we are on a soft five. It's surprising. We, we walked in here, Gareth Hall and myself, this morning at, at 5am and it was raining. They've had 1.6 mil 
but we just spoke to Liam O'Keefe only moments ago. Soft five here on course. Sun is out. Very cold, but expect the rain. They're telling me 12.30. When the rain comes at 12.30, how much? Yeah, remains to be seen. Yeah, so that's that's the intriguing part. I was talking to our experts on this side. They're saying you can pick whoever you want, but it could be a lottery today because of that track condition. Yeah, it certainly is. It's a tale of two takes, mate, and that's because if there are horses that are going to be suited to probably like a 7, 8, 9 and a 10, and then there's going to be horses that are suited to probably a 5 and a 6. So I think if the track remains in the 5 or 6 range, you really have to have to probably respect the internationals. Now, I know Doville Legends being heavily supported in the market and it's around about that $3.90 mark now. And, and that's probably too short to be having a bet in the cup. But there are horses in and around it, like without a fight, who you mal, the other two internationals that represent pretty good value. Um, if, if you wanted to take something that's a little bit longer in the price, the horse is on a good track. Okay, so since I'm coming from the, the, the best island, the West Island, uh, let's talk about the, the, the Kiwi horses here. Stockman, Young Werther, Ducky and Sweet Junior and Smoke and Romus. Any of those a shot? Um, look, I, I probably don't have any of those four really close enough. Smoke and Romans wasn't really good enough for me in the Caulfield Cup. I think there are a lot better runs there. Stockman's going to need a completely heavy deck. Uh, young Werther, look, he's only won a Geelong maiden. He's a little bit of a nonny, uh, Young Werther. I know his preparation's been pretty good. And Diamond Sweet Junior is probably the interesting one. I know it's the Adelaide Cup winner and had a really good run in the Sydney Cup. But um, uh, I probably just think might get outclassed here a little bit. But there are some other local hopes that I think might be able to challenge them. Yeah, now, Miles, I'm a complete novice of this. I'm like, I'm like your office worker that hops in one, once a year and, and plonks money, a little, bit of, a little bit of coin on a sweepstake or whatever. And I, I was looking, the guys around here know a lot more than I do, and I was looking at what Michael Moroni's gone, and they said, well, what do you like? And I went, I like Emiss- Emissary. I think won the Geelong Cup, right? Yeah, Emissary won the Geelong Cup. We were on track that day, um, and... Uh, Look, it beat a horse that's in the Melbourne Cup here today called Interpretation, who was a red-hot favourite. Emissary, it sort of just puts a good one in every now and then and then um, and then can run a few bad ones. I think, once again, probably going to be outclassed. There are a few people that like Emissary, but um, it's not going to be one for mine. Yeah, see, because I looked at the trainer with Michael Moroni. So, I mean, how often, I mean, you, you're in the know. How often would you look at a trainer and the horses they've got rather than just the horse? Uh, if you get my drift, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And look, it, it's, it is a, a thing that people do like to follow trainers. I mean... In Australia at the moment, there's no better training combination than Kiramara, David Eustace, and they've got five runners in the field. So then you've got to take your pick between which one you choose there. It's Sometimes you've really, um, I think if you really want to try to make money and you're doing this and you're punting a little bit more often and responsibly, of course, you really do have to go back to the horse. Uh, and then you've got to start with those variables, gait, weight, track, class, and then you work your way back through the jockey and then the trainer. But um, if, if a trainer's got a horse in the Melbourne Cup here today, 
they are at the top of the tree anyway. So yeah. um, I'd be happy to have any of these trainers that have got a horse in the race here today training any of mine. It's interesting that you started with Gate because I was just looking at the numbers that were put up. So here, have a listen to this. So since 1982, uh, 6, 7, 12, 18 and 24 have not produced a winner. Since 1982, that's 40 years, Gate 6, 7, 12, 18 and 24. The most uh, successful one is uh, Barry 11. Yeah, it's a fascinating stat, isn't it? And that's just because, especially with the start that we have here at Flemington, it's, it's really iconic. And where horses that are normally drawn wider, they then have to go up the straight and cross. And what they've got to do is spend their petrol ticket. And so that when they get around again, um, they've run out of carrots by the end of the, of the, end of the run. But it, it is funny how it works like that. I think gate 24, probably for good reason... Um, a few of those inside gates, I mean, that might be a little bit more of an anomaly. Gate six, you can get caught in the ruck a little bit. It's, you really need a horse that's drawn well to suit your horse. If you've got a leader and you've drawn wide, you have to cross. If you've got a leader and you've drawn inside, then it's not too bad because all mm. you've got to do is hold out horses on your right-hand side. So um, gate's very, very important. Weight's important. And especially because we're over the 3,200 metres, they've got to be bred or be able to run the journey being the 3,200 metres. OK, so let me play the stat game because it's a safe game for me and I enjoy it. You, you're, all, you're all over it like a wet rag. So uh, let's have a look. Four-year-olds, four-year-olds have won 46 times. Five-year-olds have won 44 times. But get this, slight trend, three of the past nine cups have been won by six-year-olds. Yeah, older horses, I mean, it's more experience. Um, they're normally more seasoned. When you're getting horses up to this trip, you've got to remember, too, that, that horses are like people. And as you grow, um, their bones grow. They get stronger. Um, saying that, though, the Europeans are probably the leaders um, in breeding stayers anywhere in the world. And, and the record of Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds, them being four-year-olds down here, um, actually have a really good record in the cup as well because they normally get in at the weights very light. So it is all relative to, to your age, class, V weight. And that's where, you know, you, you, some of these horses like Doville Legends copped a little bit of a penalty, but horses like Huya Mull and some of the others, that they're actually getting in a little bit lighter because they are younger, which gives them more of a chance. So it, it, the stats game is a really good game to play, especially <laughs> in a race like this. Um, but me being a form analyst and, and looking at the horses and all the runs leading up, you sort of take into account the stats a little bit, but you've just got to go on how good the horse is going at the time. All right. So you're the brains. I'm the dum-dum. Call, call me the first three. Who comes in? Well, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm still playing. If the track is going to be in, in the five or six range, which I'll say that at this stage, and we've got to wait and see, I've got to have Doville Legend on top as my tip. Now, if you're going to have a bet on Doville Legend, what you're better off doing is going and picking five or six other horses and taking him standalone and then boxing them to run um, second and third because you'll actually get a better price than you're going to get at around about that sort of 390 or $4 yeah. mark anyway. Mm-hmm. So I've got him on top. Where, where it comes into account that you can probably actually have a little bit of a nibble is the number four Montefilia. This horse is flying for David Payne the uh, South African trainer who immigrated over here. Uh, fastest last 200 of the Caulfield Cup. It was the best one in the Caulfield Cup there. Traditionally, really good form races and lead-up races for the Melbourne Cup. So Montefilia is at the double-figure odds. I think uh, I think she can win. And there's another international there called Huya Mal, 
um, which Adrian bought and Gay Waterhouse went to Europe and bought for $2 million. And this horse will stay all day. He might be a little bit underdone, but on a good surface, a double-figure odds, he can run a nice race. And there's one right down the bottom too, the 24 Realm of Flowers for the Freedman that was uh, one. And Andrew Ramsden over here qualified for the Cup last year, got a knee infection, um, has run a couple of really nice thirds in the lead-up to this. Bred to, to run the trip. No dramas running 3,300 metres. Gets in at 50 kilos. So if you were having your little nibbles on the horses at double-figure odds, I think the suggested bets would be Montefilia, Puyamal, or Realm of Flowers. But I am tipping Doville Legend on top. But I'm all about tipping people into making money and sometimes backing the favourite in a race like this. If you back outside of him and you see the favourite bolt in by five lengths, sometimes you just have to wear that because you're not getting great value to take that risk for him to go through. Hey, just a left-field question. You talked about weight, and that's that, that obviously comes down to the jockey themselves. How can a jockey affect a race, uh, negatively or positively? Oh, in, in, in both ways, more than one. I mean, they're under more pressure than anyone at the moment. We've seen some of the international jockeys that have rolled up here, and I, I heard someone describe um, the analogy of saying it's like getting a, a test batsman to go and plonk into an international team, walk straight in at three, and they, and they haven't played in that country or with that team, you know, for six months. So we saw some of the international jockeys really put in some terrible, terrible rides on Derby Day, and and uh, they were under the spotlight. But I mean, then you get a jockey, you get jockeys like Jamie Carr and James McDonald that are just giving horses absolute teach runs at the moment, and uh, and when you're winning by sort of half a nose or a short half head or even a long neck. Um, a jockey's decision can make all the difference. So they're the one main variable that if your horse isn't in the right spot, it can't win. So they've got a lot of decisions to make uh, and they've got plenty of time to do it too, right about three minutes and uh, 15 or 20 odd seconds. So um, they've got to make the right one, especially in a race like this, because you make one mistake in the Melbourne Cup and it is all over. Okay, so one final thing for you just to remind people about, right? So barrier 18, never produced to winner, right? The horse number 18 has only ever won once. That was 1932 on Peter Pan. And uh, so number 18 this year is Luna Fair, Flair, and it's drawn a barrier that has also never produced a winner. It's barrier 12. So steer clear of that. All right? Well, Luna Flair, Luna Flair, I will give you, this is breaking news, in the last six or seven minutes has been scratched from the Melbourne Cup. See? There you go. Yeah. And there you, look at that. There's the stats right there for you, Stephen. You, 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 you want to talk about the good oil, I should have rung you, and you could have told me. And then we would have needed to run down and get it off the tra- off the track manager's down here. So, Miles, yeah, ludicrously out of the Melbourne Cup. Miles, you're a good man. Have a great call today, pal. No, thank you very much, mate. And uh, hopefully everyone in New Zealand listening via SEN track on the app because we've got... An unbelievable call team lined up. Cam Luke, David Taggart, uh, Josh Jenkins, uh, Campbell Brown's chiming in. Jared Waitley, he's just sat down here. Gareth Hall and myself will all be chiming in throughout the day. So look forward to entertaining our friends over in the land of the long white cloud. Have a great day, Miles. Appreciate that. So there you go. Late breaking news. If you had money on 18 Lunar Flare, eh. It is out. How about that? And it was in Barrier 12 that's never won, and 18 has only ever won once back in 1932. That was a good man. Miles Fitzner from SCN Track. 10-16, the panel's coming up. This mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Top, top.
Yes, it is Rockin' Tuesday on SENZ with Stephen McIver at 1021 A couple of headbangers joining us too. Uh, that'll be uh, Sam Ackerman uh, from the Bay Plenty, which is full of headbangers like Sam. Hello, Sammy. Yeah, more like a head you want to bang rather, rather than a headbanger, but yep, that's about <laughs> fair. Oh, please. It's a, it's a, uh, this is not an R18 show. And Guy Havelli just banged his head around the street. Oh, he's gone. His guy just, he's had enough of me already. Is he back there? Oh, he's coming. Hey, hello, Guy. Cheers. Are you there, Guy? I am this time, yes. Hello. Oh, hello. Okay. Not. The, are you a headbanger when it comes to music? Am I a headbanger when it comes to music? Absolutely not. No, I'm quite the opposite. You'd probably... Yeah, you're more the Celine Dion. You're more Celine Dion, eh? I was about to say, you'd probably be sick at my choice of music. Was I close with Celine Dion? Oh, I don't mind a bit of Celine. Yeah, that says yeah. it. That says it. That says it all, mate. That just says it all. Uh, all right, lads, <laughs> let, lads. Let's start with the T Twenty World Cup. Big game tonight: uh, England versus New Zealand tonight at nine pm from the Gabba. And quite simply, uh, the Pongos have to win this one to keep their chances alive. Uh, Sammy, I'll start with you first, guy. You just chipping on the end of this one. Uh, New Zealand too strong at the moment, considering the momentum they've got. The way that New Zealand are the most consistent team and the most inconsistent global cricket competition I can recall. Who knows what's going to happen as far as weather or uh, or performance from so many of these teams at this stage of the competition. So yet New Ze- there's nothing to suggest that New Zealand should be overawed by the occasion. If they can beat the Australians in Australia, they can certainly beat an English side, but they are a desperate English side that need to win. Uh, I... I I'm excited to see what happens to see who stands up uh, within this Black Caps team because it's it's the one good thing about uh, you know, the rain reductions and, and, and the like is that it's added real spice to these stages. I expect New Zealand to get up and win, uh, and mainly because I think we're due. We're due to give England a, a bit of a kick up the backside at one of these tournaments, and just we owe them one. And no one no one knows that more than Guy. Guy was was there when when the uh, the nastiness happened uh, at a certain 50 over World Cup, and um, a certain team was robbed by a certain count back. So he'll, he'll tell you all about that, the emotional element. But I, I think this New Zealand side's got the confidence to do it. And knowing that they get to end England by doing it along the way, beautiful. <laughs> get to end England. Don't you love that line, Guy? Get to end England. Well, they nearly ended me when I said that. And that comment actually nearly ended me because it brought back all the emotions of that fateful day back in 2019. Uh, boy, now, now it's all stuck in my head. Uh, anyway, tonight, look, I... I I'm excited. I've loved this tournament so far, purely because of, well, not purely, but a, a large part because of how um, unpredictable elements have, of it have been. I've also loved the way the Black Cats have played so far. But tonight, while I'm excited to watch it, for, for New Zealand, I don't think there's actually a lot riding on this game. Um, their net run rate is so high that even if they lose to England and then they go and beat Ireland, they're, they're more than likely, if not already certain, to be top qualifiers out of the group. Um, and then they hit the semi-final. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see them beat England, but at the same time, I, I think there are going to be bigger fresh, fish to fry for this team, and that is in the semi-final, and, and then hopefully the final of the World Cup, if they do indeed make it that far. As I say, I love the way that they've played. Uh, hopefully they can go out and, and play the similar sort of way against England tonight, and I think if they do, then they will win the game. Hey, I was. We were talking about it in the office today, and we were thinking. I was thinking about Finn Allen. Do you think he is going to 
going to deliver when it matters rather than having the gupster there? Um, great question. I think he's in the type of role and the type of position where he's going to be a player where sometimes it comes off, other times perhaps for a longer period of time than, than other players it's not going to come off. And if they keep persisting with him, New Zealand fans and the team are just going to have to ride that, that wave, that element of luck. He does play with a style of game where he just tries to take it to the opposition where you certainly need some luck. Um, and so you're going to have to be prepared for some ups and downs in that regard. Yeah. It was the same, has been the same with Martin Guptill. Uh, he played that sort of way more often than not with Guptill before maybe recent times. It came off to him. Um, I'm I'm a little bit unsure as to whether Finn Allen is the right guy at the moment. I know he played really well against Australia, um, but I, I just suspect there might be a few times where, where uh, in those big games they need him to fire and it might just not come off. Yes, Sammy, would you would you rather have the Guptill in there? Yes, I would, uh, and that's just because I have the uh, a. I know form is form is important, but I've got. I just know that when when the chips are down, yeah. I would rather turn to someone like Gupta with uh, with what he can do and has done previously. But look, if you're going to pick Finn Allen, you've got to put him in there and leave him in there. You can't, it can't be, oh well, that was a bad innings. Or he's on. He's had a couple of bad innings. We take him out. He's not that type of player. If you want someone like that in your team, you back him. You give him that opportunity. You know that sometimes it's not going to come off. Imagine if we dropped before Brent McCullum launched into the Brent McCullum that we know he became. Imagine if people treated him like that as a player. They gave him not the special project treatment, but they go, look, we know what he can bring. We're going to keep him there, and sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. If, if you're going to give Finn Allen, he's no. He's not saying he's Brent McCullum, but if you're going to pick him in the team knowing that he, he can bring that explosion, you can't then suddenly deride him when he doesn't. Yeah, I, the, the other that is interesting you, you talk about McCullum because, you know, he's the white ball. He's not the white ball coach. I'm, I'm thinking England would probably love to have him right now, Guy, as their coach in, in this one because it's, this is sort of set up for him, this style of coach he is, right? This is his bread and butter. Uh, I think they put him in that test team because their test team was struggling so much and they needed an injection of something new. He did. He's done pretty well with them so far, but you did right. He would be ideal for them in this type of situation. Dare I say it, he'd be ideal for the Black Cats as a coach in this type of situation as well. Just just tying in McCullum to, to, to what Sam was saying before, um, you know, in the 2015 World Cup final, McCullum was berated by a lot of fans for going out playing the exact same way he did all his career, trying to take Mitchell Stark on from the very first game, of, uh, very first balls of the match, getting clean bowled, and, and people berated him for essentially losing the game for the Black Caps. Well, dare I say it, Finn Allen's going to play exactly the same way. If he gets bowled first or second ball, are we going to sit here and berate him? I'm, I'm not sure it'll happen, but it is, it is the sort of path that this team could go down in the sense that that's the way they want him to play. It could go horribly wrong very quickly. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you don't want it to. I still remember that World Cup when when they did that too. Hey, uh, just a little bit of, a, a little bit of uh, uh, news coming out of Brisbane. One of our listeners on SEN over there on the app. Uh, hey guys, just letting you know it's raining in Brisbane. The game of cricket tonight might not happen. So, is the, if that happens, you well, yeah. So let's just say you get a point for no, no game. Does that help or hinder the Poms, Sam? 
Uh, pressure, it hurts them. Uh, they yeah. need points in, in a big way. So um, I'm sure they'd rather take a point out of it than uh, get beat by the uh, by the New Zealanders. Like I, I haven't checked the Masters. We always knew that this game, why the Sri Lanka game was important, is because this game was a long-term forecast, uh, capable of uh, a bit of rain. But good to get uh, the news on the ground from the listeners, though, for sure. So if if it goes ahead, who wins? If it goes ahead, Sam, you start. Who wins? And and is it, is it dominant? No, no, you can't. You couldn't pick anything in this competition no. with uh, any certainty at all uh, right now. But I'm, I'm going to say New Zealand wins. I'm going to say New Zealand. Uh, we find ourselves another uh, example of of a Glenn Phillips oh, dominance without it being without it being Glenn Phillips. I think if someone's going to step up. That's what this team traditionally does. Somebody gets up and leads in these tournament games and Mitchell. finds a way to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. Mitchell for me, guy. Daryl Mitchell, the most underrated player in New Zealand cricket. Uh, I think England will win. I think it'll be close. Oh, poo to you too. That's all I'm saying. Poo you to you. Yeah, you are. You just asked me for my opinion. I Don't give him the Finn Allen treatment. He's just, you literally asked him to do something and then you derive him for doing it. Hey, 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 hey. Both take a breath. Remember, I'm on the button here. You could go like that, and am I, and that was that was my emotional response. Half past ten. Back with these two in just a moment. Panel. Ten thirty-two. This is the panel. Big big attitude too this morning from Sam Ackerman and Guy Havelt. Like really big attitude, but that's what the panel is all about. The bogan from the base, Sam Ackerman. Uh, he loves he loves his All Blacks. Well, he actually loves his rugby league. We'll try and dive into that in just a moment. But RTS, of course, you know uh, the former great one is not so great at the moment. He's been shifted back to the All Black fifteen. Uh, Mark Hinton wrote in stuff today. Just everybody be patient. I don't know how much patience Roger has, Sam. Oh, isn't the one thing that you and I, and I'm sure Guy with the dealings with, with Roger as well knows, is that he is—he's uh, not a hothead. He's not somebody who thinks emotionally and reacts in a, uh, in, a, in, a in a way like, oh well, they don't value me. He, no way did Roger Tuivasa check think he was going to the All Blacks and breezing in. That's never his style. He's, he's uh, a guy who puts in the extras at training. He always goes that extra mile to try to find that. And right right now, in his in his journey in, in rugby and his, his time as an All Black. I'm sure he's not satisfied of where he is, but I also don't think he's blaming everybody else for the scenario. Minutes for the... For, I, I, my personal opinion, I, I can't say for sure, but I'm sure it's always going to be the expectation that he played Japan, then went for minutes uh, with the All Blacks 15. I'm sure that was always the plan for what it was, because wow. why take him on tour and give him, give him time or not? The guy needs reps. The guy needs time in, uh, in, in the saddle in rugby, and the only way he's going to get, get it is by playing games. Mm-hmm. Remember he lost that NPC uh, when Auckland was, couldn't play because of the... Yeah. Uh, COVID protocols. So that, he he needs time in the saddle. I don't think he's done. I don't think he's, there's a line ruled through him. But I don't, also don't think that Roger Tuivasa-Shek really had the expectation that he was a walk-in start to wear number 12 in the big games in the world in the well, rugby World well, Cup. I, and, and I think look, he knew he had to work his way into it. And look, I had a chat with uh, Staffy this morning, and he made a hell of a lot of sense. He's not a second fives bum. He's a fullback. He's a fullback or a wing. You start him on the wing, put him at a fullback. Right, Guy? I didn't think he played that badly in the weekend. I thought he was actually pretty good. I thought he was fairly sound defensively, and he offloaded exceptionally well. And and tell me which All Black, tell, exactly, and tell me which All Black in the weekend actually played well. 
not many of them did. Um, so I, I, I thought he was a little bit hard done by Sam's right though. I, I, he was always going to go back to the All Blacks 15. But this was this was obvious. Um, so it's not that big a deal, I don't think. And, and Sam's also right. I thought he was bloody unlucky, and and his kind of plan towards trying to make it to the World Cup was, I think, heavily curtailed by the fact he didn't get to play that NPC. Um, he he vitally needed those minutes to get up to speed in time for Super Rugby and in time for this All Blacks occasion. Um, and, and unfortunately, that was taken away from him for, for obviously reasons out of his control. But yeah, as I say, I, I thought he was actually OK on Saturday. And I think the, the reaction to his game has, has been a little bit unfounded. Oh, yeah, but sadly, because of who he is, he's always going to come under the microscope. And if you're going to be playing for the All Blacks, you're going to come under the microscope, right? The question you still have to ask... You still have to ask. Who, who actually played well on Saturday? Yeah, forget forget that. We're talking about Roger here. Forget the the thing is, mate. Is he going to be good enough and ready to be part of an All Black team in a World Cup? And would you take him? Uh, right now, no, I wouldn't. But give it another year where hopefully he gets a full season of Super Rugby, and, and I think he could well and truly yeah. be up to it. Uh, he's got he's got the smarts. He's certainly got the skills. Um, give him another season. I, I don't see why not. Right now, no. And and look, come twenty twenty three World Cup time, I don't think he'll be the starting player in that midfield or in the back line. But but could he be a, a, a good injection off the bench? I think he absolutely could. Okay, yeah, I like the bench option or end up just going playing in Japan and make some money. I'd rather have him back playing rugby league, but and I know Sam and I would love, would love to see that, but we'll, we'll just leave that there. Melbourne Cup Day, boys. Uh, Sammy, who do you like? Oh, listen, I'm not going to lie. There's been so many other World Cups and things on. I, I've, I've given the uh, the Melbourne Cup precisely outside of following James McDonald's <laughs> unfortunate incident. But besides that, absolutely zero attention. I, I, I'm, I'm not in an office, uh, so I won't be in any oh, office. Week I've, I've given. I've given I've, I've get, I'm happy to be not in office. That's not a crime, mate. That's, 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 I'm, 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 I'm looking at the beach. Where are you? Um, the, happy the, to talk the con- to you. The concept, the concept of the Melbourne Cup, I love. Yep. I just, this year, this year hasn't got me too much on. Wow. Well, that that was enlightening. All right. Well, guy, I know you love a bit of a punt, don't you? I do. Uh, this year is harder to pick than a broken nose, Stephen. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Bogan in the Bay, shush while the other guy's talking, please. <laughs> this is uh, this is open. Uh, I know they love Doville Legend, who's yeah. come over from from the UK. Um, I, I, I just I, I can't get my head around it. I, I, good horse, but has never run. I think it's more than twenty three hundred meters. Has only run in very small fields. You got to remember, well, there's just been a scratching, so it's going to be twenty two horses this time around, thirty two hundred meters, and it's going to be wet. It's never run on any sort of wet ground whatsoever. Those are three instantaneous red flags for me. Uh, $3.50, I think, is massively short. So I'm looking outside of that. I like two horses in the field. One is Montefilia, and there's a, a Kiwi connection in terms of that with Jason Collett on board. Um, a, a very, very good jockey and, and a decent horse who has had some, some pretty good runs in the wet. Uh, if it does indeed rain in Melbourne today, which it is meant to, uh, and then the other one I like at, at pretty decent odds as well is Stockman. Now, maybe not the class field of the horse, uh, horse of the field rather, but uh, I think it has run some pretty good lead-up races. Forget the Sydney Cup where it didn't really run as well as it would have uh, would have liked to, but to run uh, to win that race, I think it was just a bit of a tune-up. Uh, so at odds, I'd be putting a little bit on that as well. But as I say, 
you could throw a dart in a dartboard and get probably a better odds of, of picking a winner than, than listening to me. Well, you must know a little bit because we were speaking to Mars Fitzner from SEN Track uh, at the top of the hour, and he actually looked at Montefilia as part of a, a, a box, a box, you know, you take Dover Legion and throw box another yep. six horses row. So he had yep. box yep. traffic to see, yeah, I, I knew what I was going, I was going there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, I'm, I'm going, I'm going out an outsider because of the train. He said it wasn't actually that bad a call. Uh, emissary. She's paying 31s. Why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> Yeah, and Mike Maroney. Mike Maroney was a Kiwi connection there, obviously from here, uh, trained in Australia now. But yeah, I, I mean, as I say, God, you could, you could pick any one of these twenty now twenty two horses and 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 feel like you're a chance of winning the race. Like that's just the type of race the Melbourne Cup is, and particularly this year. Always a pleasure, lads. Uh, Sammy, Mercedes still telling you what to do. The wife. What do you think? Of course she does. Yeah, that's a good one. We, we, like, we like a man under the thumb. Give her my love because I miss seeing you guys around. Havel, you still, do, you, you still doing a good job? I'm trying my best, Stephen. One day at a time, mate. One day at a time. All right, bud. Uh, take it easy. That is our panel this morning. Sam Ackerman, Guy Havel. Take it easy, boys. Until next time, here on SCNZ. He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. (laughs) 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 Nothing like a good trumpet to bring Louis Herman Warden. Hey, Louis, how are you, mate? Couple of false starts. <laughs> well, thanks, mate. Well, actually, did you hear the breaking news though with uh, Miles Fitzner, uh, eighteen Luna Flare out? Yeah, Mickey D. He um, won the Caulfield Cup. He won the Derby, and he doesn't get a chance. Who was a real life chance as well in the Melbourne Cup? So sad for the uh, good Kiwi Michael D. But oh well, it happens. They have to put the horse first. Now, who he he likes is a an, a uh, in, in a box drive factor. He's he still thinks Dover Dover uh, what is it Dover Legend. Yeah, the favourite. He he thinks Montefilia is a good a good chance as well. Yeah, it's not that wet though, is it? He would know better than me, but I think it was only initially a soft five or yeah. yeah there, five rain is now. rain is forecast though. He said, believe it or not, when we spoke to him, which was forty five minutes ago, the sun was out, but rain was forecast. He said, as you have just said, for, uh, for a five or whatever, five or six, as far as the ground goes, would be okay, but it could go an eight or a nine if the rain comes in. Yeah, I mean. I might have to take Miles on here. Like, he is the local, so I can't believe I'm saying this. But <laughs> to be honest, he mentioned drives so well. Unless they got a deluge, I can't see it getting to an eight or a nine. But he would probably have to take his word for it. Um, if it did, well, then Montefilia would come into it. Maybe he's just had a ticket on Montefilia, so he's trying <laughs> to trick himself into believing that. Um, look, I don't even care who wins the Melbourne Cup. Pick a number. Anyone can win it, apart from maybe the favourite. Now, that if the track is actually good, Dover Legend, like, so if the track doesn't get to seven or eight, it's a deserved favourite. But as I said this morning, you can't be punting it at 350 You need closer to $5. Plus, you need $5 plus, even. I'm with the six without a fight, um, Stephen. But, look, I just think out of the European form, which traditionally does hold up strong, um, they're good trainers. It's always been set for this race. It's lightly enough race, but it's won over 2,800 a couple of times. Without a fight, it gets the wide barrier, so it'll get sucked into it from out wide. 
Um, William Buick was riding pretty poorly on the weekend, so hopefully he's dialed in. But out of the Europeans, without a fight, the natural choice for me, and you're getting $10, so I'd much rather be on that than Devale Legend, who has to carry the similar weight, but as a whole, two, three years younger than without a fight. So less strength in the legs. All right, mate. Yeah, keep going, keep going. I've got to go in a minute because there's a fire alarm. Oh, okay. No, no, it's good. Good luck. <laughs> oh, you're a good man. All right, thanks, Louis. Love racing. NZ for your thoroughbred racing previews, replays, profiles, and more. I should be back, and hopefully, no singeing uh, gone on here at SCNZ mornings. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. on a Tuesday morning with Stephen McIver, the first day of November, which is traditionally Melbourne Cup Day. We've been talking a lot about that today already. There'll be plenty more with Staffy your way after midday, live with the Fox for Melbourne Cup Day, and more, of course, on the run home with Beeve and Kirst as they head towards the five o'clock start of the great race. Well, actually, that's Bathurst, but the you know the great race, the Stops Nation, with only 22 runners now after Luna Flair was pulled out after failing an, a veterinary examination. Uh, coming your way before midday, you can try and stump me, which is not actually too hard, but we'll talk. I'll ask you for calls for that in just a moment. But we are back live now after the we. Uh, what was it? Uh, it was a. It was a drill. Was it whatever? I uh, think it was a fire drill. I think it was a fire drill. So apologies for that. But you would have heard bits of an Aaron Gate interview I did earlier this morning because he's uh, in Spain. But we'll get back to that because today is also the start of Movember, uh, which supports men's mental health, prostate and testicular cancer. Now, this year, Kiwi cyclist Aaron Gate has decided uh, instead of trying to grow a mo, which he struggles with, he's going to shear off Le Grand Moulet. The mullet is coming off. So we spoke to him this morning and asked him, well, buddy, how is that going to feel? <laughs> Well, in fairness, like being based in Europe at the moment, timing isn't great with winter coming up. Probably would actually come in handy now for keeping the neck warm. But um, yeah, it's it's time for it to come off. Uh, it's been a, a full year running. It started taking shape um, in November last year to sort of, I tried to accentuate the, the mow look because my mow is pretty, pretty dire. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, now it's, um, <laughs> I'm trying to, do my part to, to raise a bit of money for, for men's health. And, um, yeah, it's, this mullet's brought me a, a lot of success this year, and it would be great if it can um, carry on bringing some, a little bit of help to some other blokes too. Yeah, hey, mate, it could be your lucky charm. It could, it could backfire on you. <laughs> my wife has said that. She said it needed to stay for another year, but um, 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe there'll have to be a, a new haircut for for twenty three. So, 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 how are you going to do this? How how does one bid on your bits of mullet? Uh, I've set up a, a page on the the Movember website, so you can just jump onto Movember dot com and um, under Aaron Gate, you'll you'll see my page, and I'm accepting any any form of donate donation that people can can make, um, and whoever happens to be the, the most generous by the end of the month I'll be sending away a, a signed jersey from the from this year's Commonwealth Games too so a little bit of extra incentive hopefully for some, some people out there but um, yeah as like I said any any amount will certainly be, be much appreciated. You know it's, it's interesting how you know your hair has drawn so much attention I mean have you been surprised by the reaction of you know being a successful mullet wearer? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not the only the only mullet in, in sport and in New Zealand sport as well. We've had the the Kiwi flying mullet uh, over the years and various other forms of mullet as <laughs> over the years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of I think for me it kind of just started as as like a sort of I don't know a token don't take yourself too seriously kind of thing and. It definitely has caught me by surprise a few times when I sort of forget it's there when I'm trying to have a serious conversation with somebody that I've just met or something. And they're probably like, "Who is this guy?" But um, <laughs> no, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a fun year, and I think the the mullets definitely helped that. So um, yeah, apologies as well though to all the all the mums out there that aren't that aren't fans because I hear there's been a few few mullets kicking around the oh. the, <laughs> the ranks. But mate, it is everywhere. My wife's a hairdresser and she says, you know, it's been, it's been around for years. You know what the thing is? It's taken the bogan out of mullet, right? You know, mullet whereas used to be bogans, <laughs> but you, mate, you're far from being a bogan. So, I mean, what do you <laughs> I mean, if you want to be oh, a bogan, I mean, fine, uh, pal. That's a minor minor insult. I consider myself a, still a, a Kiwi bogan. I've always uh, <laughs> <laughs> my taste in music is still very much bogan. So oh. I'll, I'll hang on to that little bit. I mean, don't don't let the micro fool you. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your what is what is your taste in music? Oh, Rage Against the Machine, Tool, um, bit of Guns and Roses. Although I do have to say, my son Axel isn't named after Axel Rose, but we did joke that we. <laughs> Should should dress them up as the other Axel for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> are they? Are they? Are you're in Spain at the moment. Do they celebrate Halloween over there or not? That's very much an American tradition. Uh, yeah, it is. But it's kind of sweep sweep the world Halloween. There's still a, still a bits and pieces that, that kick around here. Any any excuse for a junk shop to sell some more costumes, I suppose. <laughs> hey, hey mate, the, the big question is now: What style of haircut are you going to rock? Are you going to go right, you know, down to the number ones or what? Uh, I'm gonna. Put the hair clippers and the scissors in front of my wife, and maybe maybe Axel can can have a go as oh. well. And we'll just um, we'll see what happens. Mate, you don't want you don't want to end up looking like Doctor Evil. That's the only thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Uh, hey, so so rocket. Uh, so okay, you're gonna. So hang on, has it come off yet? Sorry, has the mullets come off yet? No, not yet. No, it's going to stay until the end of the month, and then on the on the thirtieth, we'll we'll get rid of it then. So um, I've got one more month of of mullet glory to. To hang on to, <laughs> uh, it's like it's like the mullet's farewell tour. I mean, how are you going to feel when you drop it? Oh, it's probably the neck will definitely feel a bit naked, um, but oh, it's yeah. I mean, it's kind of at least showering will take a little bit less time now. That's um, <laughs> that's added at least like twelve seconds to my <laughs> my shower routine. So. Um, <laughs> Cut down on the hot water bills again. <laughs> yes, but now you're going to have to slip, slop, and slap a lot more around the back of your neck. Yeah, well, that's true. It has saved me a small fortune, and, and some block. Some one of my uh, friends' partners did say that 
there was a good for logistics the mullet in terms of um, yeah cutting down on sunblock time and and effort as the <laughs> during the summer months. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's talk about things a little bit more serious and uh, what's happening in Spain. Where we? What are you doing at the moment? Um, yeah, just uh, on the off season, so to speak, at the moment. So I finished my last race at the um, Track World Championships and. In Paris last week, and it's been good just to have a couple of weeks now, um, relaxing with the family, and um, yeah, just a bit of downtime, and um, yeah, kind of just uh, <laughs> just hanging out and trying to reflect a bit on the year, and just sort of putting the wheels in motion for planning for the next season now too. Um, hopefully, a even bigger and better year next year. So yeah, it's kind of just um, make the most of the downtime now, and then start the the rebuild and the base case and the the strength work and the gym and everything and crack back into things we also have another child due in a, in a couple of weeks so it's kind of just um the the, the preparing the <laughs> the pre-sleep so to speak before all chaos and stews again <laughs> so, so what so what is the plan for 23 and obviously there's a, an olympics in paris in 24 right so is, is that now the the, the the target a year out yeah yeah um the road team that i'm with the kiwi road team um both inequities Black Spoke has applied for a, a pro continental license, so stepping up a level from what they were this year, and all the paperwork and everything's been met. Um, so there's there's no real hurdles in place now for the for the team to be a, a level up next year, which is bloody exciting. A, a first for New Zealand to have a have a team of that level um, racing around the world. So that's going to be a really exciting thing to be a part of, and um, for, a, for a lot of other Kiwis too to be a part of it too. So it's going to be. Really exciting year with a, a higher level of racing and, and more racing too. So um, definitely next year will be, be the road focus and then it will start to be work out the, the bits and pieces to get our, our team pursuit firing um, come Paris too because that's um, going to be a, a big goal for sure. Man, Grand Tours in the whole nine yards next year? Not quite Grand Tours. That um, might be a little bit out of our reach, but it does put us in the in the ballpark going forward if we score enough points and move it up through the ranks to, to get invites to those sort of races. So it's, um, yeah, definitely an exciting step for, for what started as a small team from, from New Zealand. I'm, I'm always intrigued. How much do you love road versus track? Um, I think it's kind of what keeps cycling enjoyable is there's always something different on the horizon. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to differentiate between the two this year. Like the Commonwealth Games on the track was obviously a, a massive highlight as was the, the World Championships at the end of the year but um, just the, the sheer variety of, of racing you get on the road and places we've got to race this year is, is hard to beat as well like from Romania to to the Netherlands to to France like it's all sorts that you get to um, yeah, get amongst and all different riders and it kind of yeah it's definitely there's always extra elements that of unknown when you go into into road racing, which which keeps it exciting. You can be more creative with your race plans and, and everything like that. So, um, and just having a, a great team around too definitely helps. Like racing racing with like minded Kiwis again has um, been quite refreshing for for this season too. And I think kind of the success from the team shows that like a, a strong team is um, yeah that we work well together and that's where the the results stem from. So yeah, it's been. Um, it's hard to say which one I prefer, but <laughs> they're both good fun. Can you see much change to our track team, the men's track team? Are we going through going to go through a transitional phase? Do you think pre Paris? Um, well, we've just had 
we've lost um, Jordan Kirby. He's he's called time on his career, and although we tried to convince him to take his bike off the hook, I think he's well and truly wrecked that and enjoying a new role on the other side of the fence, coaching and in, in, over in Queensland now. So, um, yeah, but although it was a, a shame to lose him, it was great to go out on a high and winning that um, team pursuit gold with him in, in the Com Games. So we've definitely got a, a couple of gaps now, and we've got still some young guys coming through, which is exciting. Um, George Jackson has his, had his sort of his big international debut on the track in Commonwealth Games. I think that was a great experience for him, and he seemed to seemed to learn a lot. Albeit he did hit the floor um, pretty hard in the in the scratch race, but still managed to get round. And I think, well, he he already had a much more impressive mullet than I did well before <laughs> mine started, and his is still going strong at the Tour of South on this week. So that's a, another one for the kids to inspire to. He's got the not only the mullet but the bowl cut on front too. So he's oh. yeah rocking a very God. very strong look. Wow, bold cut on the front, man. He's taking it to all directions. We, do, I mean, you talk about that Movember, and it, it talks about uh, uh, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, but most importantly, mental health. How do you, how do you keep your balance day in, day out, week in, week out, and in, in a sport that's that's so demanding? Um, yeah, I've got the the luxury of some really um, close people that keep me. You know, the, it's not always um, winning bike races. A lot of a lot of dark, gloomy days too. So, having um, having people that are close to me that I can discuss things with throughout the many years of um, of doing it, being away from home and everything else. Like I've just been lucky that my wife Kirsty's been super supportive through the whole thing, as well as my my parents and Coach Simon. So I think that's kind of where it's um, I'm I'm lucky, and I think that's why I kind of almost feel obliged to support a cause like that because I know that it's not so easy for for everyone else out there to have such a um, close network around them to make those sort of things easy. And also, sport at the end of the day can be an easier thing to, to live through. You've got goals and targets and a training plan and little things to tick off day by day. So it's, I think, all in all, it's actually quite a quite an easy <laughs> way of life in a way because you've, you've got these goals and everything to, to work towards and not everybody has that luxury. So I think... Um, yeah, for sure, it's it's something that uh, that I'm interested in and, and passionate about, and I think just to feel very privileged in the situation that I'm in. So I think, um, yeah, doing a little bit to try and help help others that aren't so fortunate, I think, is is important to me. Nice work, man. Does the Moulay come back for Paris? We'll have to call it a Moulay in Paris. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, there might be some further testing to do in the wind tunnel and on the on the track to, to measure the, the drag coefficient and and go from there. But um, George Jackson's one is, which has some serious length and girth, is definitely be getting some some looks from the coach over to its um, <laughs> over to its potential added drag. <laughs> Aaron Gate, you're a good man. Enjoy the off season. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. 11.17. That was uh, recorded about 8 o'clock this morning because he had to get to bed. His wife and uh, Axel have to have their sleepies uh, spending his off-season in Spain. Aaron Gate getting rid of the mullet for Movember. And it wasn't that cool that he's going to throw in a signed uh, Commonwealth Games jersey uh, to the person that raises the most money or donates the most money for his locks. Uh, you know what, I, Logan, I'm not so sure. Would you really, I mean, the cause is fantastic. If you go to nz.movember.com, you can have a good look at it. It's, it is uh, like your, all these taglines come up. Your dough will save a bro. You know, whatever you grow will save a bro. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic initiative, but he struggles to grow a mo.
you don't look like you could even attempt to grow a mow. That face is so fresh, but not really stubbly. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Stephen. Yeah, no, uh, you you ask me this, I swear every time how old I am, and I tell you, and it blows you away every time that yes, I am thirty six, still the baby How face. Are you? Yep. See, Mate, there you go again. You look about twelve. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. And you look at some of the people in, in this yeah. office here. Um, Joe, uh, but yeah, no, I, I definitely cannot. I can get a little bit of um, facial hair growth, but nothing that you want to write home about. That's wow. for sure. So, I would have a better chance of going the Aaron Gate route. And I mean, can come lockdown, you know, and you weren't cutting your hair. My hair did get pretty long as well. So, can you imagine though a mullet with a bowl cut like George Jackson? A, I know a bowl cut. That's like taking it to an extreme. Also, let's just. Let's just uh, put this out there. You really let Aaron Gate off the hook there with oh, his. Don't you don't you do you, okay? You say yep. it. Go on, say it. He, I'm not saying right it. there at the end. Length and girth. Because I'm a growing up. Okay, mm. I wasn't going down. Yeah, the, I mean, po- off the I wasn't record, going, the, prob- I wasn't yeah. going okay. down the potty, potty minded <laughs> line. You were going about it's important about your length and your girth. <laughs> you were tempted to. I know mullet. You were tempted to. I know it. Oh, it's 11.20. Play some commercials so we can pay the bills. He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 11.25. There are a ton of World Cups going on at the moment. One of particular interest to New Zealanders, of course, is the, the Rugby League World Cup with the Black Ferns playing uh, on Thursday in York against France. But the men have made the quarterfinal. They will face the Fijian men. That's been good. This will be. They knocked us out, didn't they? They beat us in the last in 2017. They beat us in the last one. Now, that'll be 8.30 on Sunday morning on Spark Sport. And uh, Brandon Smith is one of the characters of the game and he was asked by their media director Richard Beck about the game in Fiji. Okay tell us about Fiji then um, obviously it was a stumbling block for the Kiwis at last World Cup uh, have, what you've, have you had a look at them what, what do you make of them? Uh, yeah well um, I haven't really watched it, uh, too many of the other games to be honest um, just probably just watching our own performances and trying to get better but um, I know what Fiji bring and um, they've got really good players um, in key positions like Api Korosau, um the hooker of the year so that'll be a nice matchup and then they got my good friend, uh, we call him the HC, his name's Tui Kamitha Mitha can't tell you what HC means but um, yeah I'm looking forward to coming up against him because I know he's a fierce competitor and um, he's one of our brothers so I look forward to that What about the cheese on tour in the UK? Well known as the cheese. How much attention have you been getting? <laughs> nah, not too much, mate. I mean, in Leeds and stuff, where it's a little bit of a rugby league city or something, but um, it was pretty surprising, to be honest. Pretty cool, though. So that was Brandon Smith, Kiwis hooker, talking to Richard Beck, their media director. Uh, Richard also spoke to him about what are they doing off the park? Uh, yeah, the boys do the skate rooms and uh, we play mini golf a lot. Uh, but York's a really beautiful city, but there's not a lot to do. But uh, we just walk around and um, yeah, get to know each other even better. But it gets pretty annoying sometimes. You're hanging out with blokes like Peter Hicku and, and Jordan Rapana all the time. They can be pretty, pretty annoying people. But um, I like I got a, a good roomie and Jared. Are they the only pests? Nah, there's plenty of pests. I mean, Ronaldo's definitely top ten. First, she doesn't stop talking. Um, Dylan Brown, annoying as Jesse, biggest pest of the lot. Um, Jeremy Marshall King, pest. 
Uh, there's only probably two good people in our team, Jared and, and Joey Manu. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not many, eh? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would, coming from the probably what you would describe as a pest. And, I was going to say, and Brandon listed Smith, off right? everyone in the team but himself. I know, I know. <laughs> I tell you what's going to be really interesting too is, is how they, you know, get back on Fiji for what they did at the 2017 World Cup. The, the one thing that you know about the Kiwis is they, they love to build in a comp, right? But Fiji and Samoa, see, Samoa, Samoa's the other interesting team, right? Because they had a horrible start. Now they're going to play a quarterfinal, looks like, against Tonga. That'll be an absolute cracker. Absolute cracker. Personally, I'd, I'd back Tonga, I think, purely mm. from a. From a I think the forward pack's stronger, right? Maybe not the back line. I think you, you've got a superior back line with, with the Samoans, you know, Suwali and the likes. And But I'm just – I reckon that'll be a cracking quarter final. But the Kiwis got to be careful. But, you know, as we have, we have gone on ad finitum here on SENZ about how strong this Kiwis side is f- for the Rugby League World Cup. And I honestly think um, – Oh, sorry, I'm just this music in the background. It's someone's, it's, it's someone's birthday. I can hear it through the studio. Good. Oh, look, someone's birthday. Who is it? It's, oh, it's Aroha's birthday. How about that? Go and get her. Go and get her. Quickly. Okay. Oh, go on, quickly. We've got, we've got a bit of time. Uh, actually, while you think about that, you, if you want to try and stump Stephen, uh, then the number is 0800 150 Get onto it now if you want to play Stumped Stephen uh, because it is your chance to be a winner, winner, chicken dinner. It is. Are you going to get her or am I just going to walk out of the studio? So, uh, unbel- so 0800 150811. 0800 150811. Uh, that's come in here. Uh, it's allowed. This, this, this is what you do on live radio when someone has a birthday and you didn't tell us about it. Turn the microphone on. Um, how young are you today? Because I'm not supposed to ask you, but I'm going to. Like 25 again? I got three candles. You got three candles. <laughs> so 23 again. I never celebrate why, my birthday. Why don't you? Well, I'm like that. I'm not a big birthday sort of person, but why don't you celebrate your birthday, girl? Oh, it's a grim story. Do you want to know? Oh, no. I'm all about happy and entertaining. Well, no, okay. My mum passed away on my birthday a long okay. time ago, and yeah. it's difficult to do both at the same time. So, but mum would, wa- but mum would, would wa- mum would want you to celebrate, right? Mum would want you to celebrate, and your workmates are celebrating that. So that is something you just have to, you know, say okay. And you've been doing this for a while, right? How long? How long has mum been gone? Um, she died on my 29th birthday. And so, you- but stop it, stop it, stop it! This has been really nice. You're right. You get out. You do get better. Yeah, it's fine. You, you know why? You know why? Because we care. All right. Happy birthday, Aroha. Do you know, we've known each other for a very yeah, let's long not, time. Yeah, let's not go there, eh? Since not... I was about... So you yeah. were actually... <laughs> here we here go. go. Here we I go. met Stephen McIver. It was the reason I got into radio. Oh, I met Stephen yeah, McIver when he worked at 1ZH, or whatever it was called. <laughs> Down by the river at 1300 ZH. station. <laughs> and was. I was about 16. <laughs> I'll say 16, because that's a better age. Oh, so we're about a similar age. Let's leave it at that, shall we? Hey, Thanks. Aroha. Thanks, friend. Happy birthday, my dear. I appreciate that. All I'm right. stabby, stabby you with that cake knife in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to save you a piece. That's what good friends do. Stab you in the front. Stab stab you in the front, not the back. It's 11.30. 1476am in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yes, it's time for everyone's favourite part of SNZ Mornings with Ian Smith, although with Stephen McIver today. It could be cluster. 
What? It could be a cluster. <laughs> well, I mean, given the record that we've had recently without Smithy behind the stumps, yep. yeah, that's uh, that's very true. <laughs> well, they had. I think the last time I did stump by Smithy, I had a win. You did. I had a win, so I'm going to take that one and move forward. I'm pretty sure that actually is one of the. It's not the worst stumped. Oh, performances? Thanks. No, not by the, <laughs> not by the host, by the contestants, because that was when the phone lines were down, and so we had to get the the young lads in from the office, and uh, you had to school them on your sporting knowledge. Yeah, right. Okay. All righty. Come on then. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, for grabs today is a fifty dollar TAB bonus bet, and first out the crease, we're going to Huntley, one of the H towns. Brett, come in, mate. Good morning, boys. So, thirteen hundred one ZH played in my mum and dad's kitchen when I was a young fella. Oh, so 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 if I went down by the river in thirteen hundred one ZH, you know, <laughs> you knew exactly what I was talking about, right? Exactly, mate. Nice to have you aboard, Brett. Okay, so you know, I'm probably not the toughest guy to have a crack at. So let's see what happens, eh? <laughs> We'll see how you go. See how you go. This is how the game works, though. Just for a quick refresher, we have three categories to choose from today. If you get a qu- uh, question wrong, then it's over to Stephen for a chance to knock your bales off. If he gets it right, get out within the first two questions, and it's on to the next caller in line. Get dismissed on the final question, and we will jackpot tomorrow. It costs $50 up for grabs today. Today's topics for you, Brett, are the A-League, the Rugby League, World Cup, and... <laughs> Supercars. Why, why do people always go rugby league as if it's something, you know, or they go league? It's just what we grew up with. Oh, well, <laughs> well, hey, Brett, we need to. What was the we, third one, Logan? Supercars. Well, hey, I, I know where my bread is, but I'll take A League. Oh. A League? You're from Huntley. What happened to rugby league? <laughs> uh, you turned up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Supercars and Rugby League and Stephen McIver, yeah, right. <laughs> I know how the game is played, Stephen. No, all right. I can get three wrong <laughs> and win. All right, hey, mate. You could Fair get, play. You could get three wrong. He could get three wrong, and you still win. That's how it works. Good luck. All right. First question for you, Brett. Which team has won the most A League titles? That's a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Yeah, nicely uh-huh. done, mate. Five titles to them. I would have got that. See, the, you, you can just be blindfolded and stab around in the dark, Stephen. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's, well, I was going to say, there might be some Sky Blues fans around, maybe not in New Zealand, but second question <laughs> for you, Brett. Season at 20... <laughs> like it, like it. Season 22-23 is underway. Match day four was over the weekend. Who currently leads the competition? Uh, Melbourne City. That's a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot, and away it goes. That's right. Their record is 3-1 McIver after they drew 2-2 with the Wellington Phoenix. Oh, was that the game where the Phoenix were under the pump and came back and scored two late goals? That's right, and that leads in very nicely to the last question. Uh, for you, Brett, $50 TAB bonus. Ah, oh, for grabs, as you said, buttering that bread, here you go. The Wellington Phoenix drew 2-2 in that game. Who scored the Phoenix's late equalising goal? Costa Barbarouses. That's a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. 
I am staggered. <laughs> he wasn't kidding, man. He, he wasn't kidding. He was all over it like a wet rag. Uh, do you, are you are you genuinely an A League fan, a footy fan? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, okay? So don't please don't tell me please don't tell me as soon as you hit you went okay, oh, I'll type up the A League. I mean, how do you know so much? I just follow the Phoenix. Just keep an eye on the Phoenix, pretty much. Well, that'll do. Crikey dicks. You're all, you're all over it. So why wouldn't you take... I mean, who do you support in rugby league in Huntley? Tani Farrow or someone like that? Yeah, of course. I'll get beat up if I see anyone else. Oh. <laughs> and, and so if you're supercars, what did you make of SVG's efforts at the weekend on the coast? Oh, yeah, he's a man to see. He could probably come second if he come for a drag in Huntley. <laughs> Where do you go dragging in Huntley, by the way? Where do you go for a drag? Oh. Uh, just uh, away from the blue and red lights, usually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, just past the KFC. What do you What do you What do you do, mate? Do you, are you Are you working? Are you What are you doing? Uh, we're finished making for the day. We're, we're heading back um, to the promised lands of the 07. <laughs> oh, seven. All right, Brett. Congratulations. I'll let I'll let uh, Logan, he who must be obeyed, just remind you of what you've won. $50 TAB bonus bet. So hold the line, Brett, and Brian will get your details. Hang on. Hey, Brett, Brett, can you do me a favour? What is that, Stephen? You, 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 in your best radio voice, go, it's 13 degrees down by the river at 1ZH. Go on. It's foggy and 13 degrees here in 07, not 13 degrees <laughs> by the river. That'll do me, mate. Have a great day. Thanks for playing. Thanks, hey, Stephen. <laughs> See, hey, the 07. I always hear, I always hear people looking to me, oh, I'm in the 09. You know, what's happening in the 09? But the 07, man, close to my heart. Close to my heart. Hey, same here. Really? Well, Tauranga and Hamilton. Are they in the 07? Mm hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Tauranga, not so good for you now, is it? Yeah. Okay, it's 11.39. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Brendan Popperwell's wife sings for him on every anniversary. I love rock and roll. Bet live on your favourite sports and download the TAB app today. G'day, Pops. Hey, Big Show. You're good, mate? I am good. Now, did I just see you a moment ago on the telly wearing a rather luxurious purple check jacket with purple tie? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of donning sort of more of a, a blue, a sort of blue and purpley tie, but um, hey, uh, you know, it's all about. Uh, been a bit fashionable for this day, isn't it, Stephen? Well, it's well. Let's be blunt. It's Melbourne Cup Day, so do you do you put yeah. a, do you have a special outfit that you're you know rocking today? You know, got the got the loaf got the loafers on. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Left the socks at home. Um, so yeah, hey, look, <laughs> good man. I love a man that's brave enough to wear loafers and pink. And I know you, oh, you are know. brave enough to do that, pops. Yes, absolutely, mate. But yeah, no, love Melbourne Cup Day, and uh, I, I love the fact that everybody gets behind it because there is a lot of novices out there to get behind Melbourne Cup Day. It's their chance to have their one flutter for the year, and sort of everyone combines this one because it's an industry I love obviously, in working, uh, but it's also nice to be able to get those phone calls from relatives that I haven't heard from uh, for 11 and a half months. They just decided to start giving me a phone call last week, the week before, what's going to win the Melbourne Cup, and I don't hear from them again for another 11 months. Okay, so, yeah, okay, yeah. Love you too, fam. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the when was your first experience? When was your first experience of the Cup at the Cup? Um, I went to the Melbourne Cup about uh, five six years ago and it is an experience it's the one and only time that I have been but uh, it is one of those ones and it's a sporting event there's so many sporting events that people love to try and tick off and and this is one of them it's one that you do need to go and do an experience from getting there as early as possible at nine o'clock flooding through the gates trying to find your best spot on the grass if you're if you're that way inclined or if you've got yourself a nice fancy marquee of course yourself maybe you can pull up about at five to five to twelve and and work from there. But it is a great day out, and there is something about it. There's a lot of people there, and it's all about having a great time, having a few bets, and, and maybe a few uh, iced teas. Nothing oh, here. You and I, actually, iced tea would suit you, to be fair. Uh, but there, but there, but there is there is nothing like tradition, is there? You can't beat it. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And look, there is a number of bigger races throughout the year, and and, we, and in Australia, there's bigger stake money up for grabs than the Melbourne Cup. This race is worth $8 million. There was a race last Saturday, for instance, worth $10 million in Sydney. But you can't beat tradition. You can't beat trying to win the Melbourne Cup. And that's why uh, owners spend hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to buy these internationals to hopefully one day win a Melbourne Cup. And that's what we see in this year's Cup, a number of horses that were bought throughout of Ireland and are now racing in Australian stables trying to win the great race. All right. Now it's time for you to show us how smart you are. Who wins, why, and who comes in placings? Yeah, I really like number three in the race in Knight's Order. He is a horse that is hovering around the $14 mark. He is uh, a proven horse over the distance. And, of course, this is over 3,200 metres, and it's an extreme test for horses uh, running on the flat over that distance. He's won twice over 3,200 metres. He will roll forward. He'll sit in first or second position, so you're going to know where your horse is uh, in running when they go past the big crowd for the very first time. He'll also like the conditions underfoot. He's a horse that will appreciate uh, the slow to heavy track, and there's a possibility of some mm. rain before the race, which will also bring him right into the race. So I like him at a bit of a price. I think Dover Legend running number eight is the, is the logical horse, but he's just very short in the market. $3.50 to win a, a Melbourne Cup is far too short for me. He has all the right credentials to say he'll win it. I just don't want to find out uh, at a quote of $3.50. If you're looking for some roughies in the race, I've got the horse at the bottom of the book in 24, Realm of Flowers. Uh, she does have very good uh, core, uh, very good stats on the wet ground, and I think she'll get through it no problem at all. And if you're looking for a good Kiwi connection, maybe Smoke and Romans could be that horse. About 65% of this horse is owned by Kiwis and was brought up in the deep south out of Dunedin and White Road Lodge. Uh, and he really does bring a Kiwi angle to the race, and he should be able to run a super race for 19 Smoke and Romans. What, what about my pick, Emissary? Yeah, well, he comes out of a race uh, that is the Geelong Cup, which has uh, paved the way for three previous Melbourne Cup winners, and he won that really well. Uh, so he's a horse that's around the $30 mark. If you've got him in the sweepstake or you're looking at putting a, a cheeky dollar each way, 
you're going to get a sight. Look, it's the hardest race to try and pick in. Stephen, I will be completely honest with you. There's 24 horses here, and there's about 20 of them that have got a serious chance of winning. So you always have to work your way backwards and work out the ones that can't win, the ones that you just can't have in your trifecta. But, yep, he's a horse that I'll be putting in a box trifecta for sure, number 17. All right, Pops. Always nice to you. Uh, keep, it, keep it clean, keep it green, and have a few iced teas. Cheers, mate. All the best. There you go, Brendan Popper from the TAB. And watch and be live on your favourite sports and the Melbourne Cup and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Staff's not too far away. He's live from the Fox. We'll catch up with him in just a tick. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.